Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse command team. Welcome back, listeners. This is your Mission Mill Spouse podcast, which was created 18 years ago as Army Wife Talk Radio, but has since expanded so drastically that we're now serving all military spouses within all branches and all components. We're here to help you navigate this military life with resources, solidarity, and even some fun. This is episode number 984, and I'm your host, Kayla Gebline, Deputy Director of Social Media. And I'm Sarah Robichaud, your Director of Administration, joining Kayla today. We do our best to be authentic because, like many of you, we pursue progress over perfection by embracing the suck. We always have your back and are here to bring you the resources you need to thrive in your male spouse life. On today's show, we're pumped to share an interview conducted by our Director of Marketing, Annie Pierce. Annie will be interviewing and chatting with Kayla Moreno, an inspiring military spouse currently living in Hawaii, a mom of three, and recently diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mission Mill Spouse is a 501c3 organization, so we invite you to join us. Donating is simple. Please check out our website at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're looking for high-impact reach, email partner at missionmillspouse.org, and we'll get a personalized conversation going. We appreciate your support. Kayla, I'm looking forward to hosting with you today, but before we get too far into the show, what's new with you? Oh, nothing crazy. Just finally enjoying a normal temperatured summer up here in the north. We've been living in the south, I guess, for like six years now. And it was El Paso and then Georgia. And it's just always so hot. So I was very excited to actually have a summer where I can just sit outside and not bake in the heat for too long, at least. Yes, I feel you on that. We um, have a similar story. We've been in the south for most of my husband's career, and we are actually up in Michigan. So we're up in the north with you, and it is a beautiful 75 degrees out today, and it is so much nicer than the heat of El Paso. Like 75 and sunny and like just a slight touch of humidity, I can do all day. When it's 83 and 90% humidity and the UV index is through the roof, I can't do that. Like it's just not in me anymore. It was too hot, especially with like little kids, like it was just too hot. So I'm so glad to be up north and having a nice summer with decent temperatures and living that life. Yes, absolutely. Uh, We've had to um, warn our kids. We're going on a camping trip um, in about a week up to Michigan's Upper Peninsula, um, which everyone in Michigan says that we have to go to the UP. And so we are doing what Michiganders do. And our kids think we're going to be swimming in Lake Superior next week. And I've had to tell them that the high temperature for next weekend is probably only about 68. And we will probably not be swimming in Lake Superior. Um, they're still determined and they might get in because they're kids, but I will not be swimming. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. Lake Superior is going to be still very chilly at this point. Maybe in September, I'd put my toes in. But ooh, yeah, that'll be a know. cold one. How about you? Do you have any um, vacation plans or fun trips planned for the summer? Oh, not really anything crazy. Um, we do. We have a camper, too. And we used to camp a lot before the kids. But 
we haven't found any time yet. And we really want to go because we're up here. I want to hit up Vermont. I want to hit up the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so no plans yet, but we've always been very like on the fly campers. So I don't, I obviously don't think that's going to work out with kiddos. Um, but, yeah. um, we'll see, but I'm super excited because I feel like there's so many more places up here to sort of explore and be outside more. So there are, I know Maine has always been high on my bucket list, but it is so hard to get to, especially from Fort Bliss and Fort Benning and, um, (sighs) that we just haven't, we haven't made it yet, but you are in Fort Drum. So you are like at a good, you know, distance to make it up to new England. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've, cause I'm from up here. So I went to Maine when I was little and Maine is definitely a place you got to get to. It is, it's pretty cool. One thing I love about Mission Mill Spouse is when we get to take our URL online conversations and make them IRL in real life. Thanks for giving us a glimpse into your Mill Spouse experience, Sarah. Thanks, Kayla. Let's keep our program rolling and welcome some of our other Mission Mill Spouse Command team members to the mic. Time to tune in to Amy with her Moxie Minute, followed by our top news stories from Emma. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hello again, Mission Mill Spouse friends. Amy Fisher here with your Moxie Minute. And our word today is fearless. Military families know better than anyone the importance of facing fears head on. Whether it's sending a loved one off to a deployment or facing the unknowns of a new duty station, fear can be a constant companion. But it's also a good opportunity to demonstrate true moxie. As Helen Keller once said, security is mostly a superstition. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. We have actually used this quote often over the years with our three children, And it really has helped them to seek out the adventures in our military life. So how can we cultivate fearlessness in ourselves and our families? It starts with recognizing that fear is a natural and normal human emotion, but we don't have to let it control us. We can practice taking small risks, challenging ourselves to step outside our comfort zones and focusing on the things that matter most to us. For some, it could be driving around a new post or a base all on their own for the first time. For others, it can be meeting new people encouraging others that are new to this military spouse life, or how about going to the commissary on a payday weekend? Lots of things out there we can be trying. So let's embrace our fears, take on new challenges with courage and determination, and show the world what true moxie looks like. All right, spouses, until next time, moxie up. No news is typically good news in this military life, except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our new six correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy all and buckle up for this week's new six update. Fort Moore Soldier Saves Toddler. For anyone who has been to Fort Moore, previously known as Fort Benning, it is common knowledge that the roaring Chattahoochee River can turn from fun to terrifying in a second. A local family found this out the hard way when they were peacefully spending time together on some rocks near the Georgia Power Dam. The dam opened its gates, and the family's three-year-old girl and her father were suddenly swept into the river. Matthew Cole, a brand new private from Fort Moore, saw the family in distress. He jumped over the railing and was able to grab the pair one by one and bring them to shore. EMS was called, and they were able to rescue everyone still stranded on the rocks. Cole spoke to local news crew on how to avoid being in the same situation. 
Definitely situational awareness is a big thing, like anything and then moving with a purpose. Like I said, they were moving too slow to get out of the water fast enough. So moving with a purpose and they instill that in you during basic training, said Cole. I was just happy that I was there. You know, if I wasn't there, these guys are good, meaning Columbus Fire and EMS Water Rescue. But if they would have gotten swept away, I don't know if they would have gotten there in time. So I'm just glad I was there, said Cole. We're happy you were there too, Private. I'd say your military career is off to a promising start. Find out more at wrbl.com. Space Force closer to jetting down and settling in in Colorado. It has been the tussle of the states over where the permanent headquarters of the Space Force in recent years will be, with the temporary HQ residing in Colorado Springs. And now it looks like it just might stay there. The other big contender has been Huntsville, Alabama, where a branch of NASA already resides. Twenty of the Space Force missions are already based in the state of Colorado. President Biden was recently in Colorado to speak at the Air Force Academy graduation, and Senator Michael Bennett took the opportunity to issue a statement that read, As President Biden and his administration near a final basing decision for Space Command, we urge them to restore the integrity of this process and make a decision in the interest of our national security to keep Space Command in Colorado Springs. The Air Force Academy has already added a Space Force curriculum and commissioned Space Form cadets alongside their Air Force comrades. Colorado Springs continues to prove itself as the premier location for our nation's space defense operations, Colorado Republican Representative Doug Lamborn said in a statement announcing this election. If this high-stakes decision of headquarters was not enough to keep them busy, the Space Force announced permanent homes for two new missions this week as well, one in New Mexico and one in Florida. I, for one, think Colorado is the perfect home for the Space Force. If they can't actually go to space, the thin air in the Centennial State can certainly help them pretend. Find out more at militarytimes.org. Trails of Purpose Makes a Way for Military Mental Health A Chesapeake Bay horse nonprofit called Trails of Purpose is expanding to a new facility. This organization connects the military community to the equestrian. It felt the need to grow to accommodate the forever-growing mental health needs of the military community. Because they are located in the middle of one of the largest military communities, the need for growth came quickly and urgently. Just look at the news, said Kayla Aristivo, the nonprofit's co-founder. Military mental health, Department of Defense mental health, is overrun right now. It is not well-supported or billeted. We've doubled our service members every year since we've been in existence, she said. I have had chiefs call me and say, nobody's picking up the phone, Portsmouth is overrun, and I've got this kid, and they literally drive the sailor out to us. That is the need. The organization uses horses to supplement therapy and psychotherapy. The patients get to handle and bond with the horses. 30 volunteers went out to the new location and were able to clear the land and make it a home for their horses and the military community. If you need a place just to get out of the city on the weekends, we have that. If you want to just get out and be amongst nature with horses, without horses, or just sit over there and have lunch and let your kids play, Ricky Bledsoe, a board member and retired Navy CW3, said, it is somewhere to totally relax for you to just withdraw from the overwhelming stuff of reality for a little bit. Trails of Purpose serves around 100 families a week in individual family and group sessions. It is a free program and does not need to report to a soldier's chain of command if they use the facility. The only time they will be contacted is if they are a threat to themselves or others. 
By opening this larger facility, there is hope that the waitlist will go down and more families can be reached. I would love for people to understand the value in civilian counselors for the military, our Estivo said. Maybe we don't need to report everything back to TRICARE. Maybe people can just go and talk about what's going on with them, and it doesn't have to be reported to commands. The organization is also able to now hire three new licensed therapists and at least seven new horses. Puffs off to you, Trails of Purpose. We hope your nearest endeavor gallops into success. Find out more at militarytimes.org. This Day in History On June 12, 1987, Ronald Reagan delivered his most famous of speeches, the Berlin Wall Speech. While you may not remember the speech in its entirety, his utterance of, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, is as ingrained in United States culture as apple pie. It was an appeal for Mikhail Gorbachev, the USSR's prime minister, to tear down the wall that split the city of Berlin and Europe into east and west since 1961. Reagan's presence in the city of Berlin was an uneasy one. 50,000 people had protested his arrival the day before, and it saw the largest police deployment in the city's history since World War II. About the protest, Reagan said, I wonder if they ever asked themselves that if they should have the kind of government they apparently seek, no one would ever be able to do what they are doing again. Most of the president's staff advised against such a political speech, worried about the end of the cordial relationship that Reagan and Gorbachev shared. But the president insisted that the line be kept in. While we can't credit his speech to the end of the USSR, the wall did indeed come down just two years later, and Berlin and the rest of Europe were united once more. That's it for me. I'm Emma Tai with New Six, where information empowers. Thank you to our command team for going the extra mile to bring us these oh-so-encouraging and interesting sound bites each week. Now we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll jump into Annie's interview with Kayla Moreno. We can't wait. Stay tuned. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and long-standing legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest-running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1,000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or catch our twice-weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Welcome, Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Annie Pierce, your Director of Marketing and Events here at Mission Mill Spouse. And I'm so excited to be bringing you today's episode that will empower and educate you. Today's guest is Kayla Moreno, Army spouse and mother of three, who balances life, motherhood, and an autoimmune disease. Kayla Moreno, a military spouse, is currently living in Hawaii. She's a mom of three and was recently diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Kayla's diagnosis changed her life overnight. And while her family navigates the military, marriage, and parenting with an autoimmune disease, she has been sharing her story with others through social media. She helps to spread awareness about multiple sclerosis, as well as bring joy and positivity to those struggling with their diagnosis. 
Kayla, welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you on and so excited to hear. And let's just jump right into it. Tell us, everyone, every military spouse has one. What is your military spouse story? My husband and I met in high school. We're high school sweethearts and we have three awesome children together. Uh, He joined the military after our first two were born, though, and we had our third um, about eight years later. And so I was new to the military life. And when my husband went to basic training, the one place I did not want to go was South Korea. And sure enough, as we all know, the military... Never does what you want to do. So his first assignment was Camp Casey, South Korea. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then I was so upset. I remember, I still remember the day he called telling me that he was moving to South Korea. And then a couple months after he got there, the kids and I were able to join him. And that experience, South Korea, the military spouses, everyone I met there, I feel like it taught me so much as a military spouse. I learned so much from them. And so we have since PCS six times. I've been involved in FRGs, spouses groups, and met many different people within the past 12 years that have helped shape me into the spouse I am today. Um, I'd have to say our favorite duty station was Hohenfels, Germany. It was amazing. And oh my goodness. Yeah, it was great. I ended up getting a position on base there at the school and connected with so many military families that I was able to help and that the travel opportunities were amazing there. Mm-hmm. And then it was nice getting to travel and enjoy so much before our lives just changed. So after Germany, we, I never wanted to leave Germany, but our family moved to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and my husband went to a school while we were there. While he was in school, I, my health started to decline and I was hospitalized and diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at that time. It was a whirlwind. <laughs> I, I I mean, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was, it was, a. Uh, it changed our lives, my children's, our children's lives. And um, I was very thankful for the leadership that was over him at the time, because they were very helpful and very understanding. Everyone has been since my diagnosis, because like the military, multiple sclerosis is very unpredictable. Oh my goodness. I did not know that. Uh, there's going to be so many things that I'm going to learn today. <laughs> and I, I love that this is what you're doing. You know, you're, you're getting your story out there so that other people with similar diagnoses can not feel alone, which is kind of what we all want. We want to know, you know, we're in it with someone. What, what challenges do you experience now with multiple sclerosis? 
Well, like I said, I've been a military spouse for 12 years and I have worked a lot during those 12 years. Not I've worked, but I've also volunteered because sometimes we're only at a duty station for one year before we're moving again. So trying to find work as a military spouse is already hard, hard enough for us. Mm-hmm. But now adding multiple sclerosis, I feel like it makes it even more difficult. So I worked bef- I worked in Germany and then we moved okay. to Oklahoma and I went on leave without pay because we knew we were only going to be in Oklahoma for nine months. Well, then um, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and It's just been complicated trying to find work because of the chronic fatigue, the chronic pain, and also all of my doctor's appointments. It's like I would constantly have to take off. So my neurologist and I talked about it and I finally decided to try and apply for unemployment or not unemployment, disability. Okay. That was a hard pill to swallow, but it was the best decision to make with what's going on with my medical needs right now. And eventually I found out military families don't qualify for SSI because the service member makes too much, which sounds great, but because I'm a military spouse, I also don't qualify for SSDI because we've moved so much and it causes a break in employment. And so it's a struggle because I lost my income whenever I was diagnosed, Mm -hmm. which helped tremendously. But then disability is so hard to apply for, for military spouses because of the requirements. And so it's just been a very frustrating process. (laughs) So tell me, because what is SSI and SSDI? SSI is supplemental security income, I believe. And it is, you have to make under a certain amount each month and you can't have so much in your savings account. And Uh, as military families, we need to have a savings account for- every PCS, every Mm -hmm. unknown. And so that was like an automatic disqualifier. And then SSDI is social security disability insurer. Yeah. Social security disability. And so that you have to have 40 credits within the past 10 years, they go by credit system, which sounds great, but Mm -hmm. it's very complicated to hit those 40 credits as a 30 year old, well, I'm 32 now, but who's counting? We, we won't tell anyone. It's oh. just like, it's just like sweets. They don't count. The calories don't count. You yes. Don't. <laughs> so it's hard to get those 40 credits within 10 years as a military spouse who moves so often and has a lapse in employment because you move or you're not going to be somewhere long. So it's hard to apply for an employment or it's hard to apply for employment when you know you're moving in nine months. Right. 
Know? Sometimes it just takes nine months to find a job. Yes. And that's the other thing. Each time you move, you don't, you don't always have a job lined up because you're mm-hmm. searching. <laughs> so the chronic fatigue and the pain that, that has to be hard because that's invisible. Yes. You know, so yeah, there's no outward showing of it, I guess. No. And that's the thing too. I take, um, medication for the, um, fatigue and the pain, but I'm also very cautious about taking it because the medication for the pain can cause me to fall asleep. No, I am still a mother and have to do things and pick up the kids. So I have to be very cautious about when I take things, what I take. And it's just it's a process. And sometimes I'm fighting through the pain and doing the bare minimum as a mom and a spouse that adding other things on top of that, make it so hard to function during the day. I mean, any of those things on their own is difficult enough. So yes, adding in the autoimmune disease. So tell me, what do you wish people knew about multiple sclerosis? Well, they call multiple sclerosis the snowflake disease because like snowflakes, every person's multiple sclerosis is different. Some people can hide their multiple sclerosis symptoms from others, while some people like myself have visible symptoms every day. But yes, like you said, multiple sclerosis has a lot of invisible symptoms that's, I did, I did not know that it was called the the snowflake disease and that's, it, it makes sense. And it, that has to also make it harder. Well, I don't know. I would assume it would make it harder to diagnose as well. Yes. It's not always the same. It's not. And I got a very quick diagnosis with, I got the unofficial diagnosis within a couple hours, but officially on paper, exactly a week after I was admitted to the hospital, I got my diagnosis. And that is the hard part is some people go years without a diagnosis and they're struggling through the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Knowing. Uh, all, like I said, all of it is hard, all of that on its own. Is hard. So what what is something you would tell a military spouse that was newly diagnosed with an autoimmune disease? This is some piece of advice I need to take as well. But okay, I'm all for that. Yes, <laughs> I tell everyone this, but it's sometimes hard to take your own advice. Mm-hmm. My biggest piece of advice is don't be afraid to ask for help. People want to help, but they also don't want to overstep or make you uncomfortable. And so just ask for help because the first year after a diagnosis like multiple sclerosis, it's mm-hmm. a roller coaster of emotions for not only you or myself, but also our spouse and our feelings are valid, but so are theirs. 
And the military spout, the military itself has so many resources when it comes to mental health. Just don't be afraid to use them or even reach out and find a therapist to help work through the mental struggles of a new diagnosis because it's hard. And I, I second that use the resources. I'm also like you, I am bad at taking my own advice, but reaching out for help it i don't know why some people see it as a weakness and i don't i don't i just it's so it takes so much strength i think to reach out for help it does and it, it, and, it and people want to help especially the military community and the military spouse community is such a tight knit community we all want to help each other it, yes. And as military spouses, I know myself, I love helping others. I am normally the help. Like I'm always stepping in and volunteering and I love that. But mm-hmm. when roles are reversed and I need the help, sometimes it's scary asking for help. But as someone dealing with an autoimmune disease, sometimes saying it out loud is scary and you're admitting that something is wrong and it makes it real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes putting a name to it can help. Yes. So, yeah, but I, I second when before we PCS because we just PCS, so I haven't found a therapist here, but please, please take care of your mental health because it's, it can, just having someone to talk to helps so much. So I love that advice. Thank you. (laughs) We, we did talk about, so we are talking about the um, mental health side of it, but what other military resources have helped you since your diagnosis? My Biggest recommendation if you get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease or chronic illness, I didn't even know about this, but TRICARE has case managers, I believe, at every single installation. And my case manager has helped me tremendously. She has been able to navigate TRICARE denials to get things approved, and they're phenomenal. So My biggest resource that has helped was a case manager, but also social media. I have been very thankful for social media because I found the EFMP support Facebook page. And that's how I found out about a case manager. I don't really, I didn't know there were case managers until I think I posted on the EFMP support Facebook page. I was struggling with TRICARE or my on-base provider and someone recommended it. And I was like, wow. So social media and just connecting with other spouses through like TikTok and Instagram, because you don't know what to ask for or what can help unless you know. And if the on-base providers aren't telling you, finding out through another spouse who has been through it is great because they're able to kind of walk you through what helped them, even if it's not the same process, but finding out about a case manager was amazing. Oh my goodness. I I did not realize that there were, that's not something I thought about. There's yeah. 
You can um, get them, you can get case managers at every installation, but I was diagnosed at Fort Sill in Oklahoma and nobody there, EFMP, my provider, TRICARE, no one told me about a case manager. And when we moved to Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, when we moved to Hawaii, I was struggling with getting into neurology because there's such a long wait and Mm -hmm. it caused a lapse in my treatment, which was very stressful. And finally people were recommending a case manager. And I was like, thank you, because I didn't know about that. So now I recommend anytime I meet someone with an autoimmune disease or chronic illness, I'm like, Mm -hmm. do you have a case manager? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's, I'm so glad that they have that and there are resources that you're able to use and, and that other people are able to use. That's awesome. Yes. Kayla, thank you so much for sharing more about your military spouse story and your journey with multiple sclerosis. Listeners, if you would like to learn more about Kayla and how she is finding her purpose within pain by sharing her journey through social media. You can connect with her through Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok with her handle, Kayla underscore unstable. And don't worry, we will have links for you in the show notes as always. Stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Kayla and learn more about her journey with multiple sclerosis and how she uses her diagnosis to inspire and encourage others living with chronic illnesses. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Kayla Moreno, who is here today to talk to us about how she balances her life with an autoimmune condition and how she juggles military life, motherhood, and medical conditions so much all at once. So let's just jump back into the conversation. How has your family handled the diagnosis? They have been great. I have an amazing support system with my immediate family and distant family. We live in Hawaii now, which is amazing, but our family lives in Texas and My immediate family, not my husband and children, but my immediate family, anytime anything happens with my multiple sclerosis, my mom and grandma want to jump on a plane and come help, which sounds great, but I'm like, hold on. My, my husband will help. The children can help just pump the brakes for a second, (laughs) but My husband and children have been phenomenal. My husband has had to step up a lot more and do things that I can't do anymore, but we have a system like 
He wakes up an hour before me to make sure the kids are up and getting ready. And then I wake up and I take them to school while he gets ready to go to work. So we just have found a system that works for us. And we have two teenage children and one in elementary school. He's six. And the older two just help so much, especially with the younger one. And I'm very grateful for that because all of our lives changed overnight, not just mine. I'm so glad that you, you guys have a system in place and a routine. I think that that has to help so much and to find something that works for you guys. Yes, it has helped tremendously, but it took time to get to this point and they're still navigating the muddy waters of an autoimmune disease. It's a process and sometimes there's frustration with me, with my husband with our children, like they get frustrated because maybe they need to go to the grocery store with me and they're wanting to hang out with friends. And so we just have to kind of come to a compromise because I still want them to enjoy their childhood and not have to always worry about me. But it's just, it's a balance, balancing life and an autoimmune disease in their childhood. Oh my goodness. I mean, my toddler already tells me when he's mad and frustrated with me. So I, I can't imagine teenagers too. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's a learning. It's, it's a lot of learning and trial and error and communication. We have really had to learn how to communicate around this and it, because it doesn't just affect me, it affects them greatly. And they're feelings are valid and they're a child. So they process and understand things differently. And what matters to them may seem small to me, but it is huge in their minds. So it's been a lot of, a lot of trial and error. It sounds like you guys are, are handling it really well, at least from an outsider's perspective, because talking about their feelings and how valid they are and and that it affects your whole family and not just you, that you're doing awesome. I just got to (laughs) say. Thank you. That's so much. So you guys PCS shortly after your diagnosis. How was that PCS compared to your prior PCSs? Yes, we did. So we PCSed from Germany to Oklahoma about six months before I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed in Oklahoma and then we PCSed about four months later from Oklahoma to Hawaii. So two drastic moves but two totally different situations. And moving is never easy. I'm I'm sure you know that. (laughs) PCSing is never easy. No. When you add an autoimmune disease, especially a progressive autoimmune disease, um, it makes it a lot more complicated. I was diagnosed. My official diagnosis came the day we found out we were moving to Hawaii. Oh my goodness. Yes. I was trying to enroll in EFMP, but also complete EFMP to move. 
And I'm in the hospital bed, still struggling through everything, trying to contact EFMP to figure out what we needed to do. Oh my goodness. It worked out. I tried to not stress the little things, break our TV. It's okay. Just (laughs) get our stuff to Hawaii. (laughs) But we, yeah, we PCS to Hawaii a couple months after my diagnosis and Unfortunately, there was a long wait to see specialty providers here. There still is. Uh And it did cause a lapse in care. It caused a lapse in treatment. And it caused my multiple sclerosis to relapse, which caused disease progression. And it was frustrating, but it I had to keep telling myself, this doesn't just affect me. It's affecting people all over the world because especially military spouses, we move all the time and Mm -hmm. it does cause a lapse in medical care if you have medical needs and it's frustrating, but it's part of the process. And I did see that TRICARE is now trying to make it easier for spouses and dependents that are moving. And you're able, hopefully by next year, we'll be able to set up care before we get to our next duty station. Whereas right now, you can't set up care until you arrive and get referrals. Right, right. I was just... We, we just PCS'd and dealing with two kids in that, I was thinking about, okay, well, I can't stop care here and start care there yet. So that would be awesome. And especially I didn't even think about, you know, people that needs continual care. I didn't think about like, of course you would need, as soon as you PCS, you would need someone. Yes. And I thought I had checked off all the boxes and Mm -hmm. I thought I was prepared because like you, I didn't stop care in Oklahoma until the very end. I saw my neurologist at the very end and made sure I had everything in place. I had all my records and I was ready to start care in Hawaii. So as soon as we stopped care in Oklahoma, I switched everything over to Hawaii and got everything started right away. But once the referral went through and I could start contacting the neurologist, the waits were months before I could get in. Wow. And yeah, I I am on an infusion for my multiple sclerosis every six okay. months. And I I had a lapse in care and the infusion I'm supposed to get every six months, there was a 10-month gap between my infusions. Okay. Oh, that's gotta be so frustrating. I yeah. you- you sound like you've been handling things with grace, though, but I I don't even know what to say. I'm sorry. 
You have to because getting mad just makes me feel worse and upset and stressed. It all makes me feel worse and it's completely out of my control. And again, it's not just affecting me. This is affecting people all over the world that are needing care, but there's such long waits. And so I was like, I'll get in when I get in. There's nothing I can do about it. And I saw a new neurologist here who Mm -hmm. wanted me to see a multiple sclerosis specialist. So I got here in October. The new neurologist saw me at the end of December and he wanted me to see the MS specialist. Well, I called. They couldn't get me in until July. And I called them in February, I believe. Uh They couldn't get me in until July. And I was like, well, if that's the soonest you've got, I guess I have to wait. And my dad made a comment like, well, maybe there are people or there could be people worse off than you. And I was like, 100 percent. If it's important that I get in sooner, they'll call me and get me in sooner. It's not a big deal. They called me back a week later and moved up my appointment to two weeks later. Oh, my goodness. I called my dad back and I was like, I don't know if what you said made me feel good or not, but (laughs) they moved my appointment up a lot. So maybe I am one of the bad ones. Oh, my goodness. I was just going to say that his quote just kind of. (laughs) Yeah, because there is always someone dealing with something worse than you. and. I know that I have multiple sclerosis and there are horrible days, but I am still trying to live a full life and I'm still here and I'm grateful for that. And I get to wake up to my husband and our children every day. But I also know that my multiple sclerosis could get worse tomorrow. And so we never know. I've just learned to take it day by day because you never know what can happen to anyone. And we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but just as you, as you said that, it kind of sparked in me. Also, you've talked about how military life is uncertain, as we all know, but also multiple sclerosis is uncertain. So having both of them be so uncertain, how do you, how do you handle all that uncertainty? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I feel like the military life has taught me very well how to embrace the uncertainty. We can't control the military and I cannot control my multiple sclerosis. But what I can do is try my best to have a positive attitude and have plans in place. Or if I do need help anytime my husband has to leave, or if we need help because I need my husband's assistance, if I do need to go to the hospital or if something's wrong. And I'm also in the process of getting a service dog to help assist and preserve my energy when needed. So just having things in place to help me control what I can control because the uncertainty of the military and the uncertainty of multiple sclerosis is a lot. <laughs> that it it must be because it's like I said, both both being so uncertain. It's got to be hard to handle. Yes. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I'm I'm so glad you are on our podcast and talking about it, but also just getting your story out, like you talked about on social media and all that. So other people know, you know, you, you don't have to feel alone in this, you know? So speaking of that, where can our listeners go to find out more information about your mission to support military spouses? I absolutely love sharing my story and connecting with other military spouses that have an autoimmune disease or chronic illness. And I can be found on TikTok and Instagram at Kayla underscore unstable. And I love whenever military spouses reach out, whether they have an autoimmune disease or chronic illness or not, it, we're all in this together. And being a military spouse, it's, it is, it's such a community, but then you add an autoimmune disease or chronic illness and you kind of feel isolated and alone sometimes. And so I just love connecting with other people and letting them know that they're not alone and whether they want to share their story or not, just being able to connect is an amazing experience. It's, I was going to say this military spouse life makes it pretty easy to feel alone. And I have found through things that I've struggled with, it helps to reach out to people and to share your story and to talk about it yeah. and to try and build that connection. We all have our struggles. We're struggling with something, whether it's mental health, infertility, an autoimmune disease, the loss of a loved one. We're all struggling with something and finding your tribe can help so much. Absolutely. And especially like when you PCS so often, finding your tribe, but also finding something that is constant, you know, it's got to help. Yes. Oh, well, as we wrap up our conversation, one question that we ask all of our guests is this, what is one piece of advice that you would give our listeners to navigate this military life with respect to your area of expertise? My biggest piece of advice is don't be afraid to ask questions and advocate for yourself. As military families, we do move often, which will cause a change in medical providers and other resources. You yourself know what works and what you need. So don't be afraid to ask for it because no one will understand your diagnosis better than you. I love that. And I feel like you've given so much advice today. So we've had ask for help, find a case manager and advocate for yourself. I am all for advice, all for it. And I really have loved, I've learned today. <laughs> and I hope our listeners have too. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time chatting with you and Sometimes it is hard to take our own advice, but I really do try to lead by example and ask for help when needed, even though it is hard saying things out loud. Mm, out loud makes it scary. It yeah. definitely does. It it has been amazing having you on our show today. And thank you so much for sharing more about your story. It's incredible how you have bloomed through adversity and juggle this military life, motherhood, and your diagnosis. As always, we thank you very much for serving our community and for sharing your story. 
Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed being on this podcast and sharing my story with others. And I hope even if I was able to help one person, I hope it helped them a lot. That's all it, that's all it needs. It's just one person, right? Thank you again to today's guest, Kayla Moreno. We wish you all the best as you share your story to inspire others to spread awareness about multiple sclerosis. And now back to our hosts in the metaphorical studio to hear what they thought. Par for the course for yet another excellent interview. Thanks again to Kayla Moreno for joining us this week and sharing her inspiring story. Likewise, if you want to connect with Kayla, connect with her through Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at her handle at Kayla underscore unstable. Sarah, what stood out to you in this interview? Well, um, I guess what really resonated with me is an issue that I've seen and experienced myself, and I know many of our listeners have, and it's the discussion regarding the lapse of healthcare that comes with a PCS. You know, we all know that PCSing is hard and it comes with its um, own unique set of, you know, challenges. But when you're under medical care or medical supervision, I don't think that most people realize that you know, that care is put on hold while you're relocating, you know, the time it takes to move from point A to point B and to find a new provider and to get an appointment, which, you know, Kayla said, you know, can take months. You know, she said that her MS actually relapsed during that time. And that's a really hard um, military reality to sort of come to terms with. Annie had mentioned as well that, you know, she just moved and she doesn't have a therapist yet. And so we can see that this lapse in healthcare is really present across the board. And I really respect Kayla and I admire her grace and her ability to walk through this difficult situation without getting angry. She said, you know, it takes all this extra energy to get angry. But I want to add something because I am an Aries and I'm a hothead. And I was recently in a room full of military spouse advocates. And somebody said to me that we are all here advocating because something made us angry. And, you know, she is amazing for using her voice and spreading the word. And, you know, that is how you make change happen. So I really applaud her for that. Uh, Kayla, what did you think of the interview? Uh, I Well, besides her name, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved how positive, like this positive spin she sort of has put on it the whole time. Mm -hmm. And um, something that I also learned besides that, her positivity was that she has a case manager and her case manager was able to help her like with TRICARE and to like just sort of take on that and help her when things would get rejected or denied or whatever. And so I thought that was so cool because I feel like obviously like not every person is going to be healthy and these autoimmune diseases just pop up out of nowhere, like in her case. And I think it's so nice to know that like you're not alone. Like someone can be there for you to help actually, like you were saying, advocate. Um, but yeah, I did love how positive she was. And I loved how she was talking about like the positives of social media as well. How she said she's been reaching out to people and making videos on TikTok and sort of like building a community there. And I think that's so important, especially with something like multiple sclerosis, because it can be so isolating, especially when she's moving every two to three years and having to find a new group of people to fit in with. So 
Um, yeah, I thought she was incredible and such an inspiring person. And I am definitely following her on TikTok because I want to see more of these videos. That's awesome. Military life resources and great people are two of my favorite things. Speaking of resources and people, this week's resource recon comes from our band of bloggers, Worthy of a Hand Carry by Sheila Rupp. She writes, it was my husband's prom and I wanted to wear something special in my hair. I'm almost certain they were purchased at Claire's, as was most jewelry in the 90s. Almost 25 years ago, a hairdresser tucked those hairpins securely into my French twist. The next year, I wore them again to my senior prom. The year after, I wore them with a shiny black dress to my very first ROTC dining out. Same boy, same pins. And without even consciously deciding it, thus began a tradition. Those hairpins have been with me on every single formal occasion in our history, and they've made appearances at not-so-formal occasions, too. Countless military balls, dining outs, award banquets, anniversaries, and industry dinners. I wore them at our wedding. As military families, our lives are often filled with unpredictability. Perhaps that's why these pins hold such a special place in my heart. When I see them or even just think about them, memories flash through my mind. I'm sure they cost no more than 6 or $7, but today they are a priceless treasure. This blog really makes you think about those little things that aren't worth the high value list, but are worth the time and effort it takes to pack away safely in your car. Kayla, do you have anything like that that you always hand carry that is really just something small, but is oh so important? Oh, I have too many things like that, unfortunately. Um, but the one that I that is super, super annoying, but is without a doubt something we have to carry is my Christmas ornament box. Hmm. And every time we've moved, because we did, did we did, I guess they're called PPMs now, um, but we moved ourselves for the first like few moves we've had. This last time was the first time we've actually had like someone pack up all of our stuff and move it. Um, but even then I still took my ornaments and I kept them in this, it's not even a small box. Like it's a decent sized like box, but I made sure that that was packed somewhere on our person. And we moved that with us because those things i mean some of them are literally like a candy cane that probably shouldn't even be around anymore but because like <laughs> it has such a sentimental memory to me i'm not throwing that out and i cannot let it be lost in the hands of movers in the slightest so it that is definitely something i carry with me do you have something like that um now that you mentioned it, i feel like i should hand carry my ornaments because i also have like a giant box of hallmarks you know dating back to the 80s and probably yeah before that that like belonged to my parents but it's so big i always send it with the movers but i make sure that it goes on the high value list um mm. when they let me because they don't always let you do that but my the one little thing that i insist on hand carrying is my little um home is where the army sends us plaque that has all the little plaques of where we've lived um mm -hmm. I can't explain why that is like one of my favorite things that we own, but I would be devastated if we lost it, even though it would be easily replaced. It's just, I love it so much. Um, and so it always gets tucked away in our car. See, we have one of those. I need to update it because I feel like I haven't done it in so long. I need to add like all the little things on ours. Cause you can add like, you know, a ribbon or I got to add, you know, baby feet now. And, yeah. but yeah, we have one of those too. It's so sweet. Our final fantastic resource for today comes from our Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bickneys, with our Empowerment Patrol report, showcasing our everyday empowerment recipient. Let's listen in. We here at Mission Mill Spouse never doubt the strength of our military spouse tribe. Here is our Director of Empowerment with this week's Empowerment Patrol report. 
Hello, Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is your Director of Empowerment speaking, Amanda Bickneys, bringing you this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Today, we are showcasing our Everyday Empowerment recipient, Sergio Rodriguez. As Armed Forces Insurance 2022 Naval Submarine Base Kings Bay Military Spouse of the Year, Sergio is an advocate for those that are afraid to speak up. He shares that he advocates for those that do not have the knowledge to speak up and for those that are seeking assistance and hit brick walls. His advocacy is truly meant to provide knowledge and support. Sergio's military story begins with being a male male spouse. He shares, I've learned the true definition of resiliency. It's a different world for us as spouses. We don't get the invitation to playdates at the park, girls' night, or other functions. Sometimes the social media groups are labeled wives, and we aren't allowed entry. I decided I wanted to become part of the team, and that's exactly what I did. In 2016, I became the president of the USS Boxers FRG. Sergio goes on to share that I've come to the realization that I truly enjoy serving my community. I'm fortunate enough to have the ability to help others, and I will not hesitate to do so. I believe if you help support your community, your community will prosper. I have personally seen Sergio's advocacy for others who cannot speak up or need assistance in the Military Spouse of the Year community. Sergio, you are doing a fantastic job and you are being seen and heard. On behalf of Mission Mill Spouse, thank you so much, Sergio, for doing your part to empower military families all across the globe. Until next time, I'm Amanda Bickneys reminding you that empowered spouses empower spouses. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, military spouses are our primary focus. We have more than 2,600 blogs with topics including PCS, parenting, career guidance, humor, deployment, and more. Whether you're dating a service member, have just said I do as a new spouse, or are a seasoned spouse with a whole collection of PCS stickers on your furniture, we have something for you. But hey, don't just take our word for it. I'm Lindsay, and when my husband joined the military, I was completely lost when it came to assimilating to military life and culture. This organization made me feel like I had support, a new community I could lean on, and equip me with invaluable information about military spouse life. Tap into all of our empowering resources at missionmillspouse.org or follow us across all social media platforms at Mission Millspouse. Congratulations, Sergio Rodriguez. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you for your empowerment within the military community. As they say, time flies when you're empowering military spouses. As we near this episode's conclusion, note that we drop not just one, but two podcast episodes per week. Tune in each Thursday for a shorter version of our podcast when our command team members get personal and chat about their lessons, lives, and challenging moments within their military spouse lives. Mark your calendars for our next full-length episode when we chat with Jill Solheim about her incredible 35 years as a chaplain's wife. It's going to be another great addition to our extensive podcast archive that you will not want to miss. If you would also like to support our mission, please consider donating to our cause. Remember, we are a 501c3, so all contributions are tax deductible. Also, we invite you to consider joining us on our mission in other ways. We are always seeking bloggers to contribute once per month submissions. 
All spouses from all branches and all components are welcome. Finally, if you have a resource that applies to military spouses, inquire about being a guest on our podcast. Our season books up quickly, so don't wait. Email hello at missionmillspouse.org or send us a direct message on any social media outlet. Whether you're stateside, overseas, or temporarily living in a hotel with your service member, two dogs, a cat, and three kids, please remember that we're here to help you navigate your military life journey. We're cheering you on. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember we've been there. You are not alone, and we've got your six. This is your Mission Millspouse Command Team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.